You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today on the show, we're going to go around the conference. Latest news from around the SEC as Shane Beamer introduced as new head coach at South Carolina. We'll go out to Columbia, Missouri, talk with Ben Briner of the state newspaper out there, get his thoughts on what Shane Beamer had to say as the new head coach of the Gamecocks and what they can expect over there in the SEC East. Also, we'll hear uh, run through the SEC players of the week as we do just about every week and very deserved names on that list. Also, I'll give you my thoughts on the Heisman Trophy race and look it's become a quarterback award I think this is the year a receiver should win it I think you know where I'm going on that one I'm Chris Gordy be sure to subscribe and follow locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day all right let's do it we got to go around the conference and we start with yet another postponement in the SEC boots out to the right Around the conference. I think early on I was messing up saying postponement or cancellation when things were postponed. Now I'm saying postpone when this game very well could be canceled. The Ole Miss at Texas A&M game that was set for this Saturday night, December 12th, on CBS. Remember we talked about that on yesterday's show about, man, Aggies must be so fired up. They get a primetime game on CBS, national television. Well, Ole Miss is having some COVID issues again. Contact tracing, positive tests, quarantining of individuals. So the game will not be played this weekend. The rescheduling now is contingent on basically a cancellation. If anything cancels next week, say like AM's game against Tennessee, Let's say Tennessee gets positives next week and they can't play that game and Ole Miss is good to go, then they would make up that game next week. But anything outside of that, they're not going to play that game. So Ole Miss at Texas A&M, Lane Kiffin versus Jimbo Fisher. We very well may have to wait another year to see that. So, man, felt like felt like we got so close. We got so close to the SEC being able to play every one of their games this season. Not so much as Ole Miss at Texas A&M this weekend. Postponed, but really canceled if they can't get it in on December 19th. Now, speaking of Texas A&M, they do have some good news this week. Two of the Aggie football players who opted out of playing before the season, they have opted back in now. Senior cornerback Elijah Blades and freshman linebacker Keyshawn Brown are both back on the team. Jimbo Fisher said they welcomed back the duo to the program. He said he had told the players the door is always open for a return, and the players made their decisions to not play back in the summer based on the information they had at the time. Jimbo said now they, they need to get back into game shape before either of them have any chance of playing. Reports are they've been conditioning for a couple weeks to try to do so. I think this is more like those guys said, oh, you guys are winning now, Texas A&M? You might make the playoff? Okay, we're back. Look, I'm sure Jimbo will make them earn their spots back in. I just think that's a little... I guess it's a good thing. You've had so many players opting out. 
leaving their teams like the Tennessee kicker. So it's good to have a couple guys opt back in. Over at Alabama, Patrick Sertan is a semifinalist for three postseason awards. Najee Harris, Mac Jones, and Devontae Smith are up for two awards each. And Will Reichert, the kicker, is a semifinalist for the Lou Grozer Award. Look, I'll just run through them real quick. The Bednarik, Patrick Sertan's up for that. The Lot Trophy, he's up for that. And the Jim Thorpe Award, he's up for that. Top defensive back. Uh, Devontae Smith is going to win the Bolitnikoff. You don't even need to tell me who the other nominees are. He's the best receiver in college football. Elijah Moore at Ole Miss should at least earn some uh, recognition there, but it's Devontae Smith's award. Uh, Buttkiss Award nominee Christian Harris for top linebacker. Davey O'Brien Award for top quarterback Mac Jones is there, and the Doak Walker Award for top running back Najee Harris nominated for that. And then for the Maxwell Award, top overall player in college football, wouldn't you know it, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, the Alabama trio right there. And over at South Carolina, Shane Beamer, their new head coach, introduced yesterday at a press conference. Shane Beamer talked about why it was his dream job. I wasn't going to leave just to go check a box to say that I was a head coach. It would have had to have been really, really special. Uh, the places that I've worked, the coaches that I've worked for, made that really, really hard uh, to ever leave. But this is a dream job for me because you have everything in place to win here at the University of South Carolina. We'll talk more on Shane Beamer's hiring with our buddy Ben Briner of the State Newspaper in Columbia in just a little bit. Over at Georgia, according to reports, the Dogs are expected to lose a pair of wide receivers to the transfer portal. They are junior Trey Blount and redshirt freshman Micaiah Tung. Blount was a member of the 2017 recruiting class, a four-star receiver. He only recorded four catches for 52 yards in his several years at Georgia. Tongue, on the other hand, was a member of the 2019 class, also a four-star athlete. Saw action in three games last year. No word on where those guys might be headed. Over at Mississippi State, Mike Leach was asked if his team would accept a bowl bid with a losing record. Leach said he would certainly be in favor of it, but he said, I want to play as many games as we can. Although he probably said it more like, I want to play as many games as we can. Mike Leach talks, but Mississippi State, look, they're trying to build some momentum. They don't. I think it's crazy with the lack of players that they have that they want to go play in a bowl game, but they've played hard as of late, even with their limited numbers. But I get what Mike Leach is thinking. we got to get as many games as possible. We're building this thing for the future, not this season. Over at Tennessee during his press conference of Vanderbilt week Jeremy Pruitt was asked to share the latest on his team's plan at quarterback Pruitt said quote Harrison and JT will take the majority of the reps moving forward Brian brings an extra element with his athleticism just trying to keep him with a role I thought he did a nice job on Saturday with the role that he had so we will continue doing that moving forward while JT Shrout did play well against Florida I know a lot of Tennessee fans are curious why Jeremy Pruitt made the decision to pull freshman Harrison Bailey from the game instead of giving the freshman more reps. According to Pruitt, he said Shrout earned playing time during practice. Said, quote, like I said last week, he had a really good 10 days of practice leading up to the game on Saturday. Uh, Finally, on Jarrett Garantano's status, it certainly sounds like they have moved on from him. Pruitt said, quote, we're going to go with Harrison and JT and stay with the same schedule as we did last week. So, the Jarrett Garantano 
era has come to an end at Tennessee, it sounds like. And that is your latest around the conference. Of course, the big news, Ole Miss at A&M. Postponed, possibly even canceled. Hopefully there's no more. Hopefully that's the only SEC game that's not played this season, and that would be that would certainly be a win. But for AM, look, they're trying to build up their resume. They need as many wins as possible. When we return, we're going to talk all things South Carolina Gamecocks with Ben Briner of the state newspaper. Covers the Gamecocks. He was at the or covered the Shane Beamer press conference yesterday. We'll discuss that with him next. Quick minute here for our friends at Coors Light. We tell you all the time that you're always on the go. Things are nonstop, hustling all the time. Work, friends, family, a million pressing issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need to relax. You need to take a moment to turn everything off and hit the reset button. That is when you need to reach for Coors Light. It is made to chill. It is the mountain cold refreshment we always talk about. Cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged. It is as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for any moment to unwind. I tell you all the time, every Saturday you can find me sitting on my couch watching college football and enjoying some ice cold Coors Light. I'm not having just one. I'm having a few of them. But make sure when you do it, you do so responsibly. Coors Light, the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. And you can get Coors Light in their new look cans delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Go check out the website, see what they got on there. A lot of really cool stuff now, or just run to your local 7-Eleven and pick up a six-pack tonight. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Roll along here, Locked On SEC. Quick reminder to tune in to tomorrow's show. We're going to have Stephen Ray, Stingray. You may remember him. He was the really passionate Mississippi State fan from several years back. It was on with Feinbaum and made videos all over the uh, all over the internet and social media, waving his cowbell. He later uh, stopped being a Mississippi State fan. Now he's just a big college football fan in general, and he is going to join us tomorrow to talk all things SEC and college football. He has his own show now uh, online that you can find on his Twitter account, at StephenRay30 is his Twitter, and it's just called The uh, Stingray Show. So really looking forward to talking with Stephen. He's a really knowledgeable guy. In addition to being just very entertaining. So looking forward to Stephen Stingray Ray. Going to be on the show tomorrow. You don't want to miss that. In case you missed it, we were talking earlier about uh, Shane Beamer being introduced as the new head coach at South Carolina. And a guy who covers the South Carolina Gamecocks is our buddy Ben Briner. First three-time guest here on Locked on SEC. And he joins us now of the state newspaper in Columbia, Missouri. Follow him on Twitter at Briner the State. Ben Crazy to think that South Carolina got all 10 of their games in and the season is over. Didn't go the way they would have liked, but, man, it seems like they're headed in the right direction now. It's, it's sort of funky that we got, to, we got to the end of the season and only two teams managed to get, you know, through the original 10 scheduled games. And it was, strangely enough, this Kentucky squad that wailed on South Carolina to close out the season and this 
poor Gamecock squad that, you know, at points probably felt like it could have used a day off uh, given, you know, how the end of the season went. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It, it was uh, it was a crazy uh, trips and turns at South Carolina this year. We'll get into a little bit on Kevin Harris in just a second. But first and foremost, the uh, South Carolina head coach, Shane Beamer, introduced already as the new head coach. When you heard that it was likely going to be Shane Beamer as the new head coach, what was your reaction? Well, it's been trending that way uh, really for a while. I know that I'd spoken to a, to a person, uh, you know, I think it was, I, I, I've completely lost track how many weeks it's been since the firing actually happened. But I spoke to someone who basically said that the sense in the building after maybe a week, week and a half was that uh, it was probably going to be him. And there was a little push from Billy Napier late, but ultimately it, uh, it sounds like Ray Tanner, you know, went after and, uh, and got his man. What? Cause I, I heard the same thing about a bunch of former players, you know, it was a big contingent of former players pushing for him to get the job. What, what is it that they liked about him? I know he was kind of head of recruiting back in 09, 2010, and he helped recruit a lot of those guys. And you're always partial to the guy that recruits you, but what is it that all those former players really loved about him? I mean, I, uh, by all accounts, he is just extremely personable. People like him. He can get, you know, a lot of folks pulling in the same direction. I know I'd spoken to Marcus Lattimore, Gamecock's great, who basically said that Shane Beamer was the kind of guy who, you know, could make your all-stars want to play special teams. He just has this kind of warmth and energy. And a lot of folks think that he can sort of maybe turn that into being uh, a little bit of the CEO type of coach that, you know, we've seen thrive uh, in the modern era and, and, and really historically at points, we've seen people kind of be able to succeed with that model. So I think a lot of it is it's sort of projection of those soft skills to, you know, kind of be able to build a program, I guess. It is uh, it is interesting to hear him say, you know, that it's his dream job and this is what he's he's been wanting and uh, wasn't going to just leave Oklahoma where he was doing really well for, for just any job. I am curious, though, uh, you know, the, the phrase comes up in your mind, uh, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. When I was looking at his resume and what he's done, and, man, it's been everything from DB's coach to special teams coach like his dad to, you know, uh, uh running backs coach, tight ends coach, like uh, rarely do you see a guy that has coached on both on all sides and and almost every position. What is his specialty in your mind? Um, I'd probably say recruiting. I'd probably say, you know, (laughs) recruiting would be that specialty. I I don't, I I, I guess special teams as well. I know he um, picked out some, picked out and helped develop, develop some pretty good kickers during the Spurrier era. But I think a little bit is kind of, his pitch and sort of his model is something like, you know, Dabo Swinney's one that we kind of mention a lot, you know, started his career a little bit underpaid, but they spent a lot on good scheme recruiter or uh, scheme guys on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, PJ Fleck is another example. I, I can't quite remember Mac Brown's background, but sort of in the model that Mac Brown eventually settled into, which is that, you know, he's not calling an offense or a defense. He's getting you players and he's running the show. 
Yeah, that's an interesting uh, angle. I mean, we've seen, you know, Coach Ed Ogeron at LSU gets a lot of credit for, obviously he was a defensive-minded coach and a defensive line coach, but he's kind of taken that CEO approach, deferring to his coordinators. Uh, I guess that said, whoever he hires, it will be two big hires to run the offensive defense. Any idea or any names people are throwing around on potential coordinators for him? Um, The two names that have been sort of most thrown around uh, on the offensive side, Garrett Riley, who's uh, Lincoln Riley's brother, currently the offensive coordinator at SMU, having a pretty good season with Sonny Dykes. Um, I know that uh, actually when we just talked to, to Shane, he basically said that he was very settled in Athens. The chance to learn about Lincoln Riley's offensive vision was part of the reason that he made the jump to Oklahoma. So I imagine they're going to try to run some kind of facsimile of that sort of scheme. Um, on the defense side, I think it's a, it's a, bit, a little bit less clear. Uh, I know I, uh, I, one of the uh, I think one of the 247 sites had said that uh, Jay Bateman, who's North Carolina's defense coordinator, was maybe in the mix. Um, obviously, you know, his dad, uh, Shane's dad, Frank, is going to be here in some capacity. Bud Foster... Uh, longtime lieutenant of Frank Beamer. Maybe he's a guy that could get involved. Um, and I know that also uh, Shane worked for uh, Ellis Johnson during his time in Columbia. Ellis Johnson's still in Columbia, I believe, and uh, hasn't worked for a couple of years after doing a little bit of analyst work with uh, Will Muschamp early in his tenure. So I don't know if any of those are going you know, to be your final guy, but those are maybe some names that are sort of Floating in the ether at the very least. Talking with Shane or, or Ben Briner about Shane Beamer. Uh, ben Briner, of course, of the state newspaper in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, what he's inheriting, you know, if he's able to keep a lot of these guys at South Carolina, the cupboard's not exactly bare. I mean, Luke Doty was a, a highly recruited tight end that, or I'm sorry, quarterback that uh, they were able to see a little bit of film on in these last couple weeks, and then. You talk about the backfield. If Kevin Harris is back, the first thousand-yard rusher at South Carolina in seven years, with you know the the highly touted recruit Marshawn Lloyd that missed this entire season as a true freshman, uh, the cupboard will not be bared. He's going to have a lot of pieces to play with next year. No, I think he definitely will. I think that the development of Luke Doty is going to be interesting because you know he he showed flashes, but uh, against Kentucky, obviously he showed you know he's he's still a freshman. He's still a guy who has a good bit of development to do. And that's just sort of a factor. Um, but yeah, Kevin Harris was tremendous this year. And Marshawn Lloyd, by all accounts, in the preseason was perhaps uh, a better actual you know, prospect and was probably going to start. So if you can keep him, that's a base. That's a start of something for an offense. They've got to they'll probably have to figure out some offensive line stuff. Their pass-catching group is extremely barren, so that'll be an issue to work through. But, you know, I, I could see with the right coach things coming together better. But as you said, you know, a lot of it's going to be holding on to that group because, you know, the, the one-time transfer uh, exception waiver, I can't remember the exact term, that's coming into effect this year. And when that happens, it might be a free-for-all. And South Carolina is not in a great place roster-wise in terms of depth. And if they start losing some of those top options, you know, they've also got to protect uh, Jordan Birch, who was a big recruiting get for Muschamp 
late in his career. But, you know, if they can hold on to those guys, they'll have some pieces. But long way from, uh, from now to then. Uh, ben, what are the fans saying about the Shane Beamer hire? Are they excited about it? Was there somebody else they had in mind or that they would have liked to have seen? Or is this one that, for the most part, the fans are excited about? Uh, it seems extremely mixed. Um, my assumption is that more people are going to get on board as time goes on because I, I just have this thought that college sports are about hope and good feeling. And <laughs> it, ta- it, just, it, takes, it takes a lot of energy to be mad. And so once you fire a coach and then get a new one, it takes a lot of energy to have to be mad for the entire early part of the tenure. Like, it just people want to kind of hope and expect for the best, I think. So, you know, unless it's you know, Carl Durrell, probably, Colorado probably is the case where that might not have been, been the case. But I think that there's generally enough goodwill and good feeling that it's, it's kind of split. Some people are saying, you know, South Carolina got the jump on everyone and ended up hiring the coach that, you know, they probably could have gotten no matter what. But I think that there's going to be a little buzz. There's going to be a little excitement. Uh, the joke is that people are getting on the Shane train. Um, <laughs> it doesn't hurt that all the, you know, that all the great players from, you know, the best era in program history are basically all saying nice things. So, you know, that is, I'd say it's split, and I bet it would probably get warmer and warmer up until the season actually starts. And then, you know, wins and losses start really defining things. <laughs> uh, last thing for you, Ben. When we talk about a guy who's a great recruiter, I know it's been said he's going to now go back to Oklahoma and kind of finish out the season with them. They still have a Big 12 title game to play for. Um, you know, we'll see from there if he participates in their bowl game or whatever. But, it would seem to me with the signing day coming up and all this, you know, you'd almost like to hit the ground running. Uh, how is he going to balance both going back to work at Oklahoma, but also getting to work on his new job? Well, my assumption is he'll sleep less. That'll be the, the first <laughs> angle on it. But it's, it's sort of a, the thing where he can't go out, he can't go out anywhere because the dead period goes, I think until April at this point. So all he can do is, get people on Zoom calls and call people on the phone and that kind of stuff. And he can do that from an office in Oklahoma nearabouts as well as he can do it from an office here. Uh, We asked him actually a little bit about, you know, the challenges with re-recruiting his own roster if he wasn't here. And his answer was basically that, you know, finals have started and a lot of the kids with virtual classes have frankly gone home. So he basically said that, you know, the building's going to be relatively empty on that front anyway. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all kind of unfolds because, you know, we're really in uncharted waters. The first, you know, full signing period, new coaches coming in, trying to rebuild classes with this zoom reality. So I I don't think being in Oklahoma will necessarily limit it too much, but it's going to be an interesting process, especially because, you know, he's not going to have, I, I don't know, I don't think he'll have most of his staff uh, even closely in place by that signing day. Frankly, you know, they're not going to be able to even approve his contract until the day before signing day. He has been Briner, the state newspaper there in Columbia, South Carolina, and first three-time guest here on Locked on SEC. Ben, thanks so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. And let's tell South Carolina to settle down, all right? We don't need to get you back on anytime soon with something crazy happening again, all right? 
I would I would appreciate that. Not that I don't like coming on, but you know, if we could if we could roll back this dude a little bit, that'd be be just easy. <laughs> ben would like some off time, Gamecocks. All right, Ben Briner, uh, you're the best man. Thanks so much for the time. Thanks for having me. All right, Ben Briner, the state newspaper in uh, South Carolina. More to come next as we'll hit on the SEC players of the week. Folks, I know you're always on the go. I know you're always trying to get through the long work day, and sometimes you hit that crash in your late afternoons. You need to reach for our friends at Built Go. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do, whether it's mental or physical wall, break through it with Built Go whenever you need it. It is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for your body. Like it, It's like drinking a monster energy drink, but with a third of the caffeine and much better results. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint. It combines energy gel with protein, fast absorbing, gets it to your system fast, and it's got all those B things that are good for you, B6, B12, all those vitamins to get you going and feeling good for the rest of the day. Visit them right now at BuiltGo.com. Check them out, find the gels you want, and use the promo code LOCKED. That's L-O-C-K-E-D. You'll get 20% off your next order. It's the promo code LOCKED, 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Roll along here, Locked On SEC. Our thanks to Ben Briner there talking all things... South Carolina and the hiring of Shane Beamer, the newest head coach in the SEC. I want to remind you guys, the wait is almost over. The 2020-2021 NBA season is almost here, and the Locked on NBA podcast will help get you ready with a special week of shows starting on December 14th. You can get previews of every team, division by division, from all 30 of our Locked on local experts plus waiver wire additions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. Before we call it a show, want to do, as we do just about every week around this time, we run through the SEC Players of the Week, the ones who earned all the accolades. So let's run through it. The Offensive Player of the Week this week in the SEC is pretty easy to figure out. It's Devontae Smith. And look, they probably could have gone Mac Jones here. And this is where I really am starting to develop an argument for Devontae Smith for the Heisman over Mac Jones. And it's no disrespect to Mac Jones. Look, he can win the Maxwell. He can win all the other quarterback awards. One, I feel like we've become too obsessed with the Heisman being a quarterback award every year. But I think this is a year where you have such a special wide receiver, that's who makes your quarterback great. I'll put it this way. If Mac Jones did not have Devontae Smith, I think he'd be very average. If Devontae Smith played with, oh, I don't know, Matt Corral, uh, Kyle Trask, Trevor Lawrence, I think Devontae Smith makes all those guys even better. I think that's why Devontae Smith, in my mind, is the best pl- player in college football this year. Thus, should be the Heisman Trophy winner. We'll see how it shakes out in the coming weeks. But 
The uh, senior receiver returned back to Louisiana. The first half of the Crimson, the Crimson Tide game against LSU raced out to a 45-14 halftime lead on their way to a 55-17 win. He caught eight catches, 231 yards, three touchdowns in the game, but recorded uh, seven catches for 219 yards in the first half. It was the second 200-yard game of the season, the fourth of his career, which is an Alabama record. Six of his eight attempts converted first downs with scoring grabs of 20 yards, 61 yards, and 65 yards. And oh, by the way, that 20-yard one was a one-handed catch. He is a monster. SEC Defensive Player of the Week, Ventrell Miller, linebacker at Florida. He led the way for the Gators' defense in their 31-19 win at Tennessee on Saturday. At 12 tackles, a sack, continued to disrupt the opposition's offense as he has done all season. Helped the Gators hold the Volunteers to just 94 rushing yards. And he leads the team in tackles this season with 66 and is third on the team in tackles for a loss with five and a half. Ventrell Miller, SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Special Teams Player of the Week, Harrison Mevis, the uh, place kicker for Mizzou. Matched the school record with five field goals. The most by any kicker nationally this season. He reset the school record by scoring 20 of Mizzou's 50 points and a 50-48 win over Arkansas. Included in those five field goals was a walk-off game-winning 32-yarder. Congrats to Harrison. Our freshman SEC Player of the Week, Connor Bazelak, quarterback at Mizzou, went 32 for 49 for 380 yards. It was his second straight game over 300 yards passing. And he improves to 6-1 and one as a starter in his young career at Mizzou. On Mizzou's game-winning drive with just 43 seconds left, he moved the offense 60 yards in seven plays, won a perfect 4-4 four for, four for 54 yards, three first downs. He was 8-11 for 11 for 150 yards in the fourth quarter as he helped Mizzou rally from down 14 points for the largest fourth-quarter comeback in school history. He's now fourth in the SEC in passing yards per game, fifth in completion percentage, and he has thrown just two picks on the year, the fewest of any SEC quarterback with at least five games played. Eli Drinkwitz and Mizzou are going to be dangerous next year. I'm just telling you, watch out for them. Connor Bazelak is playing, performing. Remember week one? He wasn't even the starter. Like, it's crazy what that guy has turned into this year. Offensive lineman of the week in the SEC, Ryan McCollum, the Texas A&M center. He's a uh, graduated senior, called protections and blocking assignments up front in the Aggies' win over Auburn, and they finished with a season-high 313 rushing yards, only allowed one quarterback sack on 23 passing attempts. The Aggie O-line getting serious and really playing well this season. And your D-lineman of the week, Phil Hoskins, defensive tackle at Kentucky, made four tackles, including one for a loss, plus a quarterback hurry. And Kentucky's romping win over South Carolina, 41-18. On the first possession of the game on third and five, his two-yard tackle for a loss forced a field goal that was missed by the Gamecocks. And his quarterback hurry came in a series that ended in a punt. Kentucky and South Carolina putting a cap on their season, and they are done. So congrats to Hoskins, and congrats to all the SEC players of the week in SEC Week 11, there you have it. Those are your uh, players of the week. Um, I was trying to think in the back of my mind if there was any other just honorable mentions I would throw in there. Uh, burnt Toast Award of the Week would go to the LSU Secondary. Uh, Thanks for Not Showing Up Award goes to uh, Bo Nix. Anybody else? Any other bad? <laughs> any other bad... Uh, 
decisions of the week. Oh, maybe uh, one to Jeremy Pruitt. Keep your damn quarterback in the game award. How about that one? Okay, pulling Harrison Bailey for JT Shroud inexplicably. Crazy. All right, that is going to do it for us here on Locked on SEC. Remember to subscribe if you haven't already. We're here for you five days a week. Tomorrow on the show, really excited to talk with Stephen Ray. Stingray, as you know him. Former diehard Mississippi State fan, now turned just college football fan. He's got his own show and everything. Really excited to talk all things college football with Stephen. We'll do that tomorrow on Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.